So next week's my pick. Yes. I know. I know. It Which is. I won't be here for. Uh, well, I mean, I will. Never mind. I will. I Stupid say, me. We, we did this. Yep. That was this week, Devin. Having <laughs> having a day, the guys. <laughs> You're tired, and all of your thought process was focused on. I've got to make sure I'm wearing the Jack Skeleton sweater. I have to make sure I'm wearing the sweater. This is no. This is. <laughs> This is the stupidest, most Devin thing. I'm making a board game, and all of my time, energy, and mental process has been into the game today. And I, like, forgot life existed until, like, 30 minutes ago. Let's talk about it's okay. movies. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're starting off the holiday season with Devin's pick, the the aforementioned 30-year anniversary of The Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't know what I just said. We're talking about The Nightmare how Before Christmas. Get, yeah. How did we get here? 30 years. Uh, uh, we, we, the time passed? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Uh, which speaking of, we're going to talk about things that we watched in pop culture before we get into nightmare before Christmas in a segment we call, we watch this. Uh, and we're going to start off today's conversation with, uh, the first doctor who special that aired yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday. Uh, we're gonna talk about the star beast. Uh, no spoilers. We're going to, we're just get, give our thoughts. Good on call. It. Um, Good call. because I'm curious about something because I, I remember saying distinctly on the podcast before when we did our doctor who special, uh, Ryan don't watch the new special until you watch tenants run. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but, yeah, but, I but Ryan watched the new special. <laughs> so I'm curious, Ryan, what did you think of it? Go. You, Cause you're still in Capaldi's run, right? Um, no, I have uh, the last two episodes I watched, which was last night. I am now on to the Doctor After. Okay, so, you're on, on the Jodie Whitt- Jody Whittaker. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so I mean, since going into it blind, not knowing really anything about their relationship besides the one episode you had me watch, or the two episodes that I watched of those two, or one, one, or the one. one episode I watched of those two. Um, I was just kind of like going, okay, they mentioned something I have, uh, I have no idea about. I'm just going to take the very basic summary they gave me and just run with it. So that's pretty much what I was doing. So like, it was fine. It it sounded very, it definitely sounded like something that I've come to expect from Doctor Who now. So I just kind of just was like accepting of of everything they said that happened in the past and just kind of just ran with it. Um, The person who is behind writing the new show, mm-hmm. is it the same person who is behind writing for Jodie Whittaker? No. Yeah, this is That's Russell surprising. T. Davies coming back. Okay. Um, it was good, to a point. I liked a lot about it. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> um, mainly on, like... <clears throat> This is going to sound horrible, but it's the truth. And I don't know how else to say it. This episode of Doctor Who is what I I was afraid every episode of Doctor Who was going to be like. In what way? 
cornball ridiculousness. And not every episode Did... is. No, that's fair. Yeah. So this yeah, this the episode does lean a little silly. Yeah, it, it does. Devin, do you know why it leans a little silly? Because I, I learned this tidbit today from my wife. No, I don't. This is not an original Doctor Who story. This was no? this was a comic in the eighties for the fourth Doctor that they've adapted to make for the fourteenth. Oh, that's fun! Yeah. I didn't know that. So the Meep, uh, the Meep storyline has been done before. So they adapted that comic book into a story and made it the special. And they added, they made it contemporary and added things, um, and they. Uh, put Donna and uh, Tenet's doctor in there. So. Uh, it's very fun. Yeah. So it's, it's an old, it's a story like that, that baseline comes from the old classic who framework, even, even in the comic mm-hmm. books, um, doctor who can be a little silly. What I've heard about these specials is there's one silly one on earth. There's one space episode. And then there's one that's just insane, which is the final one with, tenant the i think it's called the giggle um and i think that's gonna be the one with no patrick harris so i'd have thought that was the silly one with the the giggle the giggle i mean it's gonna be the 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 i think the word they use was bonkers so Devin, i'm so excited i'm curious what did you think of the star beast loved it absolutely loved it i mean listen i this did remind me of classic who in terms of who the the alien races was like one thing like especially classic who does this thing where like sometimes even kind of modern who does this thing where sometimes like the aliens are just like you're a dude in a costume i you're not even you're not even trying i see that uh one of my favorite ones was there was a, a run in the capaldi one we've all seen this now i can talk about it where they like built early Cybermen and it's just like everyone in hoods with the mouth cut out. Yeah. Like it was like a like a cardboard box on their chest and they're like, they're Cybermen. I'm like, no, you're not. You're a dude in a in a mask. Like and it's kind of the same with this and I didn't hate it. For me, there were a couple of very poignant moments that made me go, ah shoot. That's why I love this doctor. That's why I'm happy Donna's here. There's a particularly a part towards the end that I absolutely loved. Okay. Um that I can't spoil, but I, I thought it was great. And I love that the message behind it or the allegory that it was going for. I just, I love when who is progressive and tells a very progressive story in a progressive way. I like that. And I want that more because there's not enough media doing it like this. Yeah. And I, I'm, I think there are some things with that aspect of it that you can probably poke some holes in, but I think it was well done. Um, because I was having a conversation with my wife about the whole thing today, and she brought yeah. up some good points about I don't know, like she she missed some things that comment, like some of that commentary. She's like I did I didn't hear uh those characters doing this one thing, and I didn't like mm-hmm. she just missed lines of dialogue because they were kind of subtle and they were I I caught them and I was like oh this is interesting. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm excited for it. I liked the I liked how they my, the one thing my wife asked me, she's like, So you're the music guy. What did you think of them using the old themes in this? I was like, Oh, I loved it. Like it was exactly oh, what good. I wanted them to be. Like they they used the old tenant th- 
theme, like musical theme. Um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Two things bug me. I mean, these are my two little critiques. First one, I like I in the beginning where he was like, once upon a time, once upon a time, Lord, I'm like, stop it. Don't do that. You don't have to say time Lord. Uh, that's my little Devin thing. And then the other thing is during the end credits, I let it play longer than I usually do. Did you guys hear the end credits at all? Uh, it cut off a little bit early on Disney plus with the light, with the, okay. with the credits. Maybe it was just my like weird TV in the room, but it sounded like somebody was like going <sighs> like in the middle of the credits. And it was really off putting to me hmm. to the point where I'm like, am I hearing this right? So I don't know if it was by TV. I don't know if it was the way like an, a sound was coming through or if that's like just something they added to the end credits. It was weird. Yeah, I'm yeah. I, I, I feel like I almost felt like the beginning Devin, are you, are you talking about when he was just standing there talking to the TV? Yeah, like like straight yeah. at the camera. The, like The one thing that I was thinking when I was watching the episode was, thank God I've been binging this for the past, like, two weeks. Because if three week past me was watching this, yeah, this wouldn't have helped the case of me watching Doctor Who. <laughs> I think... The introduction with him and Donna was a very good. Hey, Disney Plus doesn't have all these episodes that you, episodes that you need to have watched to get caught up on this. So we're gonna recap it baseline for you, yeah, uh, and go from there. Oh, I you just wish that they might have done that just a tiny bit differently. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. all. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can't all have the Hooniverse on iPlayer like you, Devin. It's so good. So Guys, it's so good. I, I need to ask you, Devin, because and I should have yeah. asked this during the Doctor Who episode. Living in London, living in the UK now, does it make Doctor Who more real for you? Yeah, 100%. So one of the, the fun things, like when we watch Day of the Doctor, right, when he comes like helicoptering in on the TARDIS, so the TARDIS week, like before I was like, oh yeah, London, like London Street. But now I'm like, I've been there. I know that street. I know that street. Even like when Tenet landed, I was like, I know the street. I've been on that one before. <laughs> like it just—it makes it so much cooler. I—I I just like it a lot. Devin, that, you probably have a better understanding of like whenever they say something like, "But we're in South London. It's going to take forty-five minutes to get there," and you're like, "Yeah, no, they're right. It is." <laughs> <laughs> or just like little shitty jokes they'll make. Like at one point, Clara goes, "We're stuck in a jun- jungle in the middle of London, and all we have are oyster cards." Like, Easter card too. I get it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm excited for the next special. Um, yeah, me too. This, it sounds like we're gonna have a lot of Doctor Who in the next few months. So because I think it goes straight through through Christmas because we have a Christmas special with the new Doctor. So oh, good. Wait, hold on. How did you guys like the interior? The new interior of the of the TARDIS. Of the TARDIS. Yeah. Um, I like the circle things. I don't know what they do, but I like them. <laughs> uh i liked it i liked that i liked that it was the the circle things change colors now um mm-hmm. i also think that it's destroyed now because of things uh so i don't think it's going to be as pristine and white as it is when we first see it ryan did you like it i mean, I, I did um i feel it's very 70s 60s very 70s 60s design um it i felt like i kind of laughed to myself when i saw it 
because the first thing I thought was, oh, that's a set from Logan's Run they didn't use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I liked it. I like the like roller coaster esque, uh, uh, catwalks things that he was running all around. That was yeah very interesting, and it helps. And it definitely watching who like I have been. It helps because I just saw uh, because right after watching that, I watched the first two episodes with with uh, Whitaker. Oh yeah, yeah, the doctor, and then seeing her TARDIS, and I'm like, because to me the the, the inside of the TARDISes kind of stayed the same. They just kind of changed what like the walls looked like a little bit, and like the stairs. But other than that, it didn't really change too much between the one and like mm-hmm. those other two. And then I saw his and hers, and it just completely different. Yeah. drastically different so now i get the whole now i get that part of it so it doesn't it's not as like weird or shocking any you know as it could have been yeah i mean so they released the 15th doctor's theme and we keep getting like shots of him like in costume and we see the inside of the tardis they're definitely going for a vibe with this new one and i'm really excited for it because it's a way different direction than how the other two have been even the logo like the fact that the logo changed and looks the way that it does, I think means I think it's all the same kind of aesthetic. I'm really excited. Yeah, we talked way too much about Doctor Who, but I love it. Yeah, I mean it's okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> because Devin. Yeah, I'm a dude. Ryan's a dude. You're a dude. We're all dudes. We're all and dudes. We're, now we're going to talk about Good Burger Two. Uh, which dropped last week on Paramount Plus, and I think all three of us watched it. Is that right? We did. We did. Um, I I'm disappointed in myself because I have. They had a booth at New York Comic Con where they had they had they had the Good Burger Mobile and they had a Good Burger stand where you could go and ah. play play uh play games and get a pin or and and a hat like a, a burger hat like they wear and i have the hat like i got i went over before the 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 booth opened and got a hat and i don't know Mm -hmm. what i did with it so i have it somewhere but i was gonna have it on for this segment of the show i just don't have it um before we dive into good burger 2 when's the last time you guys watched good burger like the original uh four days ago okay (laughs) devin white why does it look like you're doing calculus I'm, I'm furiously typing Good Burger movie release date. I last saw it on the 15th of February, 1998. Jeez. It's been a while. Okay. Um, so I'm curious, Devin, what did you think going into this almost 25 years later without having seen the other one? It was fine, man. It was fine. It made me realize that like maybe the original movie, like, you know how like every, like, Space Jam 2 came out and everyone went, oh, they ruined it. My childhood's ruined. But if you you go back, like Space Jam itself isn't a great movie. It's a fun movie. It's a nostalgic movie. It's not a good movie. Yeah. I watched Good Burger 2. I'm like, maybe Good Burger 1 isn't a good movie. Like maybe this is another one of those where like if I watch it again as an adult, it's not going to hold up because this wasn't, it was fine. This was fine. Structurally, it was a movie. It had jokes. There were actors I knew in it. There were cameos from people I vaguely remember as an eight-year-old, but it was it was fine. I didn't have a lot of fun with it, but it certainly exists. 
<laughs> yeah, good. I watched Good Burger one last week, and it the the humor holds up on it. Like there are some funny jokes, and Ed as a character is the same. Um, like he he's still funny in spots. Like it, it's not a great movie. It's good, but it's not great. Um, but it, it, it's the nostalgia for me. Like it's like I've always wanted to know what Ed's sauce tastes like on a burger. Yeah, and then like with Good Burger too, they had the Good Burger meal at Arby's of all places. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought Good Burger two was fun. Uh, it's like I said, it's not good. It's not ultra good or anything. It's, it's fun. There are some funny jokes in there. I think getting the band back together and following pretty much just like Keenan still doing like his scheming and mm-hmm. not being a great friend, but it, there were some fun cameos. I enjoyed it. Ryan, what did you think? I hated it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I'm not at that level. Um, so I I loved when Ed was walking his friend around, reintroducing him to the staff at yeah. Good Burger. I really liked it when Ed was showing uh, um, him his house uh, and like his family, because mm-hmm. because honestly, some of those were his kids. Like, oh, a few of those kids were actually that actor's kids, and I thought that whole thing was cool. I thought Ed too was funny. And when they were working together at the end, but other than that, like I can't stand the fact that they just recycled the same, like I love the first good burger movie and I, and, and I love the very, very shallow lessons that are in that movie when it comes to like the scheming, and, you know, like him learning about like, hey, maybe you shouldn't screw over your friends, people that are actually you know, like nice to you. And there was no character growth from that incident <laughs> they didn't, like, learn. to the next movie. So that was just a recycled plot. So there was nothing new there. Um, I didn't I was disappointed with the whole like I'm getting revenge for my brother. I was disappointed with that because, again, they're just recycling the same plot from before. I mean, very, 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 very easily. They could have just had that Ed has still been working there and they could have still had him have a family. He could have been, you know, he could have been like the, you know, like manager in name and some and, and they still could have had the like 18 year old being the manager and they still could have had that joke. Um but they could have had the actual owners who wasn't who different people sell it out of under them. And then they have to go and do what they did, but to a different corporation that had nothing to do with Kurt. There was a lot that I was, there was a lot that that I was disappointed in it being a lot of recycled plot points that you could just tell that they were in the room going, okay, we need this. What can we just take from the first movie? Yeah. Okay. And that's and that's where I'm really d- d- uh, d- disappointed on. Is the original Good Burger movie a good like a really good movie? No. But it's it's good. It's decent. 
I, I, I just the, the, I'm really disappointed in that. I this <laughs> is a, the, the the rehashing plot lines from the first movie is exactly what I expected this to be, honestly. And I thought they did an okay job. Like I, I think my expectations were a little bit lower than yours, Ryan. So I think that's why I'm like, it's fine. I go into th- I go into these movies with no expectations, and this is how upset I am. <laughs> so hold on, Ryan. Who is this movie for? Like as far as I have, I have a theory about who Good Burger Two is for. As far as I'm concerned, and from what I know, there hasn't been any new Keenan and Kel skits. There hasn't been any new Good Burger skits on uh, um, is online. This movie is for the dad or mom who loved this as a kid to sit down and say, hey, they're making this new movie. I love this as a kid. Here's a newer one that might be geared towards you, you know, like a younger audience or whatever. And if that's the case, that's fine. But... It's just, it, it, it's it's disappointing when you have a movie coming that comes out almost close to 30 years later, mm-hmm. and it's just a rehash of the original. Well, there have been new Keenan and Kel and Good Burger things on SNL in like the last five or so years. Like they, I know they, I know last sure. year they did a Keenan and Kel sketch with Kiki Palmer hosting. And I know they did a Good Burger thing on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. So I think somebody at Paramount's like, "Hey, those got a lot of views online. There's an audience mm-hmm. for this. Can we throw a bunch of money at Keenan Thompson and get him to bring some of his SNL friends <laughs> over for for a movie?" And I I, I think the movie is for uh, Keenan's bank account and to, for Kel Mitchell to not have to do as many cons next year. Like, I think I think they just had a bunch of money and they needed something for Paramount Plus. So then I'm really disappointed. I I think it's for the very busy parent that like needs to sit their kid down in front of something. They're sick of watching Frozen for the 80th time. They go, this is something I know. I'm going to pop this on for my kid and I'll peek in every once in a while. And when they peek in, they go, ah, orange soda. And like, I think that's exactly... Yeah. That's not even a good burger joke. That's from Keenan no, and, and Kel. Kel joke. Yeah. No. I was like, that, just, I, they, yeah. he said that. I looked at my wife. I was like, that that was low hanging fruit. Like, I I, yeah. I I expected a little bit more than that. I will say my favorite joke, and it, it's already ruined me for going to diners or anything. Oh no! Beyond just going beyond just my experience with the diner this weekend, um, that you guys know about. I'm not talking about on the show. Um, <laughs> Is when he's at the di- when they're at the restaurant and the waiter asks him super salad. He's like, super salad? What's that? I'm like, ah, like right. I was asked soup or salad yesterday and my wife's like, all I can think of is Good Burger too. So now every time I'm asked soup or salad, I'm going to be like, like, one of these times I'm just going to turn to the guy and be like, super salad? What's that? Like, <laughs> Oh, I hope I'm with you when you do that. I, I, I want to see what they do. Next time you're in town, more incentive for right. you to come over to the States. We will go out to a place that has soup and salad trays and um, mistakes man yeah it's gonna happen good 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 um yeah and then finally we have uh ryan you watched on apple tv plus uh monarch monarch legacy of monsters without getting into spoilers uh sell me on this show okay, because so i'm interested this show connects the dots of monarch's early years um Pretty much, okay, so all of the older characters, uh, <clears throat> I'm forgetting his name, and I feel bad about that. Uh, the guy from Roseanne. 
one of Devin's John favorite people. John, John Goodman. Goodman. This show gives you his backstory along with everyone who was involved in getting Monarch set up and developed. So a lot of the old Monarch reels that you've seen in the actual movies where they show like Godzilla in like the 50s and all this different stuff, they show you all of the setup and everything for those, like where those reels came from and all of the data um, and how Monarch got off the ground, um, how, uh, uh, how, how, uh, how they got their funding. Um, and it shows why Jeff Goldblum's character is who he is when he pulls up in the taxi cab at, uh, in Godzilla, uh, the one that came out in like 2014, 2015. Incredible. So like he, he gets out of the cab and he makes the joke of like, I'll tell you now you can, you know, there'll never be a more screwed up time in, uh, um, in DC. And everyone laughs at that because it's 2015 and everything that's going on. But it shows you where and how he gets to be that person. Um, but he, he, it jumps back and forth between that and a lot of these characters' children learning about their parents in 2016. 2016, 2017. So okay. it goes back and forth. I mean, honestly, it's good. Okay. And this is definitely like a good human backstory to the monster fighting. Okay, I I know the the thing that convinced like hooked me on it. Like I I like the the Godzilla movies that have come out in the last few years. Uh, what what convinced me to watch it is the Wyatt Russell and Kurt Russell playing the same character in different eight, like oh. different time periods. Oh, that's this fun. is I can't. So my wife and I are watching it together. Yeah, and. There are times where, like, she has to, like, hit pause, and we talk about how similar they sound, how similar they look. Oh, and wow. I have to, and I have, I have to say this, it's not spoilery, I promise, but there is a scene where they do a fade effect from Kurt Russell to Oliver, and they fade from Kurt Russell's face fades out and Oliver's face fit fades in. Kristen has always told me, like, they look so much alike. And I'll see them like, oh, yeah, sure, they're father and son. I can see the similarities. And then that scene happens. And I pause it and I'm like, okay, I didn't see it until now. They share the same face. <laughs> they share the same. <laughs> it's like they're related or something. Well, I mean, no, like, Devin, it's more than that. Like, it... it it's one of those things where, like, it's every daughter's worst nightmare to be told that she looks like her father. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's that level of similarity between the, the, between the two of them. Like, you age Kurt Russell down, and it's they're him. just going to look the same. Like, it's, I, looked, I looked it up. You're not wrong. Yeah. Like, they, 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 they practically share the same face. But it is, it's great. Um, the next episode comes out uh, December 1st. There's only three episodes available right now. Okay. Um, but every episode, if I remember correctly, every episode you get a, a monster. So it's not like oh, you're fun. dealing with, you know, like human drama throughout the whole episode. Like there is like an, you know, like a, a monster of the episode pretty much. So it's it's really cool. Monster of the okay. week. Nice. Mon yeah, there you go. Monster of the week. Like, you know, Smallville and was it mutant buffy. of the week yeah or buffy Fre freak, freak yeah. of the week oh. yeah um yeah, freak of the week. 
Yeah. I so the other night I was I almost watched this, but Devin, you'll be proud of me. Or we don't have to go into the details on this. I was torn between this and the curse. And I binged the curse. And thumbs up, I thumbs don't, down, thumbs medium, tell me. Uh leaning up. Like I still don't know where the show's going. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But I'm I'm here for it. Like it's Yep, I'm too. It's so, it yep. It it's like it's like watching it's like watching a car wreck. Like you, yeah, you, you don't want to look, but you can't. You can't look away. Like all the time, all the time. Um, they talk about some. What is it? The, the Plum Tomato Boys or whatever. Ugh. No thanks. Yeah. Uh yeah. So then finally, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out Monarch. The one of the reasons I didn't watch it is, like you guys know my basement setup. I have a old tube TV hooked up to my PS4 for like mm-hmm. streaming some stuff. It's like, what's going to look better on my old TV? Like, not at the right aspect ratio. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do Monarch on that. I'll do that on the, uh, in the HD. The, the, the curse, I, I'm fine with it looking yeah. a little off. Speaking of Godzilla, um, by we watch this for next week, I'm just going to tell you what it is now. Uh-huh. But, Godzilla minus um, one. I'm going to try my hardest to see that on Saturday. Yes. Nice. I, I'm going to be there for it. Cause I, good, good. the trailer for it is just, it's, 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 it's the same company. It's the same era mm-hmm. as the first one. I believe it's the same company. I cannot wait to see this movie. Like I cannot wait. This, I mean, oh. I've got to. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. He's in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's not heartburn. That's the atomic breath. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Finally, Devin, you went to the cinemas and saw did? The Hunger Games, a ballad of songbirds and snakes. I did. How was it? How do you, how do you guys, hold on. Before this, how do you both feel about The Hunger Games? Like right now, how do you feel about them? It's another eh. dystopian book series that I really don't care about. All right. <laughs> I like you're Jennifer like the, Lawrence. You're like I, the perfect people I, I for agree. this. Agree. Yeah. You're like the perfect people for this movie. I think this movie is kind of made for people that are like, I have fond memories of the Hunger Games. I don't think I could ever go rewatch them. But you know what? I'll give this I'll give this new one a shot. I really liked this movie. It was it's not paced the way I think it's gonna be paced, so it definitely surprised me. Um, it follows young Snow, uh, the the president of the, the the evil the big evil president in the in the books or in the the last series. He was the one in charge. He was the one that was played by the famous guy. That Donald I can't Sutherland. Remember. Yeah, Donald yeah. Sutherland. It was young Donald Sutherland, and it follows a young him, and largely it stays away from a lot of really really like you know prequel tropes. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really interesting. And you know what? This I've never said this before. I could have used two movies of this. I would have cut it about halfway and would have done part one and part two instead of this this thing that we got. My thing with The Hunger Games is I saw the first two movies and I never saw the last two. I've never read the books. And I have no, like, I don't even know this character for me to be any, they have any interest in this movie at all. Yeah. (laughs) I'm right there. (laughs) You know what? I think, I think that's fine. Like, I think that you don't need to like be a huge Hunger Games nerd to like appreciate what it's doing. 
I think that you could probably go into it now and just be like, yeah, it's a fun movie. Uh, now I saw, I saw a comparison online to this story and the other big prequel, which is like star Wars. Like, is it not just the same story arc as Anakin Skywalker? No, no, it's, it's definitely not. not. Okay. No, which is good. Uh, but thing, it, not even yeah. if you like boil it down to like, I, I can assume where this movie goes. Like, it's not even yeah. like guy falls in love. Guy loses girl. Guy goes evil. No, he's evil the whole time. He's, he? he's okay. never really, he's never really a good guy. Like almost at any point, like you're never like, Oh, what a sweetheart. Like he's just kind of a shit almost the whole time. And I think that's all right. Um, the only thing I'll tell you that bugged me about the movie, and I'm going to spoil a half second about this, and I'm going to ruin any love you have for the Hunger Games. They do one shitty prequel thing that kills me. You know how in Solo, they go, what's your name? He goes, Han. And they go, what's your last name? He goes, I don't know. And they go, Solo. And like, that's how he gets the last name. They do that once in this movie. And I hate it. At one point, somebody gives the main character a root vegetable and she goes the the main guy goes what is that and she goes that's a swamp potato but i like to call it by a different name a katniss which is the name of jennifer lawrence's character in the first movie so now jennifer lawrence's character in the first movie is just forever swamp potato that didn't add anything to Hunger Games. That didn't add anything to her character. Now it's just starring Swamp Potato. Thank you, Hunger Games. Never do that again. No, I'm watching this movie now just for that. That is amazing, and I love it. So dumb. That, oh. that might. That might. You, I think you just sold us both on that movie now. Yeah, <laughs> Devin. That's how much neither of us cared about it. Is that? is it the thing that you most hated is the one thing that we're like that's actually kind of funny yes i want to see this movie (laughs) good 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 all right i think that does it for we watch this because i don't think there's anything else we pulled uh yes um oh wait there we go uh so yeah let's talk about the uh this kick off the holiday season like we did here in the states with uh thanksgiving and black friday this past weekend uh, and talk about the Nightmare Before Christmas, because I think this is the perfect time to talk about this because we were smack dab right in between Halloween yeah. and Christmas. So this was Devin's pick. Uh, Devin, take it away and tell us about Nightmare Before Christmas. Awesome. So Nightmare Before Christmas was a 1993 movie directed by Henry Selleck, but most notably written and oozing with Tim Burton all over the place. Uh, this movie is a stone cold classic. I watch it just about every year if I can think to do it between Christmas and and, and uh, Halloween or Halloween Christmas. And it's usually like enough of a gap that I'm like, I should watch this. And it like makes its way on. I love this movie. I'm not usually a fan of stop motion animation. And I think this is one of my very few exceptions uh, that I'll just like watch this all day, every day, despite what it is. Uh, I don't know a lot about the movie in terms of like backstory or production or all of that and i'm happy to look all of that up but i just love this movie and alan when you told me that you'd never actually seen it or hadn't seen it all the way through i was appalled and we had to we obviously had to watch this so go ahead so the uh 
doing research and stuff on the movie and its production is called pre-show work. Are you just going to do it here live? We're doing it live, man. We're doing pre-show work during the show. It's called show work now. But before we get to any of that work, Alan, what the heck, man? Why haven't you seen this yet? Why haven't I seen this? Yeah. Because I wasn't allowed to shop at Hot Topic as a kid, and I was never allowed to shop. He's blaming this on not being able to buy a Jack Skeleton shirt. Yeah. He's blaming um, No, I remember watching like at least parts of this in like high school. My mm. sister wa- was wa- like homesick and watching. I was like, oh, I'll check this out. Like, I, I like sat down and watched it, but it was like, this, this is cool, but... I never really got into it. Like I appreciate the songs. Like I know this is Halloween and what's this. Um, But I never really was into it. Like I know it is like a cult classic and it has a huge fan base. It was like, not for me. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ryan, what is your relationship with this movie? Um, I remember when this movie came out, I didn't see it. But I know that everyone was, uh, there, there was a lot of one that I, there was a lot of people I knew in elementary school that was really excited for this. And then when the movie came out and no one talked about it, like your parents <laughs> didn't take, you know, like, you know, like parents didn't take their kids to go see it. And then it wasn't until like middle school when kids started wearing like Jack Skeleton shirts or mm-hmm. like lanyards that everyone really started to you know you know like you know rent it and i feel like that's when this movie took off because i know it didn't do well in theaters but my the first time i saw it was probably like mid 90s like 94 95 96 around that time mm-hmm. um and i really liked it i mean it was dark it was different uh, yeah. it was very it was the first time i saw something that was like um tim burton animation and yeah. not like tim burton batman um <laughs> which there's a difference yeah uh and i watched it about once a year maybe randomly i'll watch it at like a random time during like uh not during the holiday season um and i always have to remind myself that because if i'm right johnny depp does not doesn't do jack skeleton right correct no he doesn't yeah. So, like, I always have to remind myself, but, but, because I'm always surprised Johnny Depp doesn't play Jack Skellington in this, just because of, <laughs> you know, th- th- because of because of the friendship that those two have, um, that Tim Burton and uh, he has. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I enjoy it. I like it. Um, a lot of my friends <clears throat> in high school and college were huge, and in you know night. Uh, night, uh, nightmare before Christmas uh, fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, this movie's always been in my life, one way or another, either or either entertainment-wise or you know within my social group. Okay, so then on, I'll start with you, Ryan. I mean, having watched it again, probably for the the first time this year or maybe second time this year, what did you think? Does it um, hold up? I almost didn't rewatch it because I've seen it so much. Sure, that's fair. Um, but I did uh, watch it today, and yeah, I mean, it to me it holds up. Um, it is. It's still dark and it still is dark and gringy. 
as it was the first time I saw it. And Boogie Boogie is still my, like, the, the one character in this that I don't find fun, that I actually, like, I don't like him on the screen. <laughs> I want to dig into that in a sec, but Alan, after having seen this movie in its entirety for the first time as a, what, 32-year-old man, what did you think? Meh. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, so I, I no, I enjoyed it. it. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's there. There's a reason that I enjoy it, and I I'll, I'll get into it later. Um, but no, I think it's a great mix. Like it's the perfect film for like this weekend. Like it's yeah, the perfect film for like in between like the transition from Halloween. To Christmas, like you take down the Halloween decorations, you put up your Christmas lights. This is the perfect film for that time of year. So I think we picked the perfect week to watch it. Um, I think the the designs are fantastic. The songs are great. Um, I knew stuff about this movie that my wife didn't, and she's a fan. Like that's that's her poster behind me. It's not mine. Um, I got it for her, um, but I enjoyed it. Um, it's fun, and I, there, there, there's a specific reason why it's fun for me. And do you want me to just tell you what that is? I want to hear all about it. Yeah, it's a musical mm-hmm. with a whole with the whole book done by Danny Elfman. Like, mm-hmm. and it's a musical that doesn't have like every song doesn't have lyrics to it. Like because it's stop motion. Like my wife was watching this with me. She turns to me. She's like, I didn't realize how much of the music didn't have lyrics to this because that's and that's yeah. what it is it's a it's just a if you like danny Elfman's batman theme then here's a whole musical <laughs> with some songs that aren't prince uh being sung by danny elfman for yeah. the most part like mm-hmm. he's the singing voice for jack skellington but like it it's a danny elfman musical like you don't get that with like han zimmer or john williams like it's a danny elfman musical and what's not to like about that Agree, and that was one of the things that struck me the most this time watching it was how much of it's a musical. Because I think every time I remember this movie, I'm like, all right, they do like this is Halloween, they do what's this, they do like Jack's Lament, and like it's kind of it. But they sing like almost constantly in this, mm-hmm. and yeah. or there is the music going on almost constantly, and that struck me more than anything this rewatch. I think. Yeah, and it, it it's, that that's one of those things where it's like people talk about you know their favorite songs from this and it's always you know like this is halloween or you know it's one of the other key ones and i've got two and it's two songs that like i never hear people talk about (laughs) tell me tell me okay so my favorite song overall is i don't know the name of it but it's when the three kids are singing about torturing santa yeah (laughs) that's my favorite song of it but then my second favorite song and it's for its content and it's the and it's for the just position of like the fact that you know right away that they just don't understand what Christmas is is when Jack Skellington is singing about Christmas to Halloween Town. Yeah. And he's trying to explain it and then everyone in town is like trying to like repeat what he's saying to sh- to show that they're excited and understand what he means and he's like no, no, no you're wrong and the whole song is that but at the end of the song he still doesn't grasp that they don't understand what it is and he goes through with anything uh and he goes through with with everything anyway and the fact that they turn that into a song is amazing Mm -hmm. to me 
Like, it's just, it's fun. And, yeah, so those are my two favorite. Uh, in the chat, uh, Devin's wife wants to know uh, what our favorite songs are. All right. It's a good question. So my favorite song, my favorite song is a mix between either the the one that Ryan mentioned, either the Kidnap Sandy Claus, and oh. only for nostalgic purposes, because when they do the Haunted Mansion overlay in, in Disneyland in California, that's the song that plays the whole time. And like I sing it like all day afterwards on that ride, so it's super nostalgic for me. But I also really love Jack's Lament. Like I brought that one up. Like I, you can't help but love this is Halloween. You can't help but love mm-hmm. what's this. But I just really like Jack's Lament a lot. That's the one that sticks with me afterwards. That's what I was humming today. That was it. That's the one where he's walking on the mountain cliff. Yeah. Yeah. So Devin, I don't know if you can watch the live feed right now, but I positioned the picture so that you're sta- you're sitting on the cliff. <laughs> I so, love that Louis music. Yeah. Um oh. for me it's probably I think it's this is Halloween. Like it's just a great introduction. I think that and what what's this like this is Halloween is a, such a great introduction to the world that yeah that you're seeing with Halloween Town. Um not the one from Disney Channel, a completely different one. <laughs> um one. Like it's such a great in introduction to the world and then what's this what i like about that is like you get the juxtaposition of jack skellington with all of the the fun cheery uh christmas stuff and just the the contrast between the two is just perfect for me and he has that moment too in it that i really love that i caught this time where he's like observing a child sleeping in their bed and he goes like this because his natural instinct is I want to scare them. And then he like caresses, like like switches his hands and like caresses her face. Like he's trying to fight his instincts to scare all of them because that's not what this is about. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I pulled up the box office for this for Ooh, opening, for opening okay. weekend. So the, the opening weekend for this is a little bit weird because it had a limited release in early August or, or early October. And then okay. was why in theaters for a wide release, like October 29th. So this is mm-hmm. for the um, October 22nd, that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it came in third place at the box office. Do you want the top 10 or do you want the top five? Do we top five? All right. Top five in, in fifth place is Rudy with $5 million. Okay. Uh, number four is cool runnings with, uh, <laughs> John Candy. Was that its opening weekend? No, that was in theaters for three weeks now. That makes sense. Okay. That point. makes me happy. It was Rudy's Good. opening weekend. So it beat Rudy at the box office. Okay. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas in its first weekend, mm-hmm. counting the box office, made $6.2 million. Okay. Number two is uh, Demolition Man in its oh. second weekend. Nice. And number. <laughs> Number one at the box office with with seven point one million was the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> what was going on in the nineties, guys? Why were we like this? So, what year was that again? Because I can easily 93. explain that. Nineteen ninety three. Devin. So the Beverly Hillbillies. We're talking nineteen ninety three. Yeah. You're talking about adults, people our age, that grew up watching 
the TV show, Beverly Hillbillies. And then they get into their 30s and they come out with a movie for them, kind of poking fun, but at the same time kind of like doing something that feels like the show. Of course, of course, that's going to They're going to go out in droves to see that. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. So here's the thing. Like, Nightmare Before Christmas was in third place, but it was only playing in 563 theaters. Um, Oh, shoot. Okay. So Cool Runnings, which it beat, was playing in 1,828 theaters. Um, Wow. Beverly Hillbillies and Demolition Man both had 2,000 theaters, over 2,000 theaters each. Um, So, like... Yes, it didn't do number one at the box office, but per theater, it made $11,000 to Beverly Hillbillies $3,000 per theater. Okay, well, that means something different then. Yeah, it does mean something different. Um, And then Hocus Pocus is still on this list, but it was only playing at 425 theaters at this point. Uh, But since it came out in July, because... I think Disney had a choice of which movie do we release at Halloween time, this yeah. or Hocus Pocus. Um, like they were only playing in 425 theaters, but at this point they had already made $38 million with Hocus Pocus. So. It's interesting then. Yeah. Cause it, it shows that like this, like it, it's very much a niche, but people do love it. Like, yeah. And then they put them both back in theaters this time I'm I'm gonna look up the numbers for what they did this year because they, they, they put both of them back in theaters. So the poster I have behind me is the 30th anniversary re-release poster that they put out with the movie. Uh, that's why I had. That's why it has I can see 30. that. Yeah. Yeah, right by your thumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they did a new poster for Hocus Pocus as well, um, which they did not put on Disney Insiders for me to get. But... <laughs> darn um, um so i one of the one of the things that i looked up that i love about this movie is that there are references in all of tim burton's work before this and after this like you kind of see proto jack skellington in some things and you see elements of these things and things that he's done afterwards have you guys caught or do you know where these things come up? Like other than just in this movie? Well, I know that there has been tons of names and I'm actually just starting to Google now who, yeah. who, who, who the original is, but I think corpse bride. Um, mm. There's, there's a lot of fan theories out there that saying that the main character from corpse bride eventually turns into Jack Skellington. Oh, right. Um, it goes. It goes beyond but, that, though. It's also Frankenweenie. He he starts off in Frankenweenie. That's the one I couldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because because remember, because remember, there's three. Because there's a boy and a dog, mm-hmm. and then you get a young boy and a live dog, and then you get like a grown up boy and a dead dog, and then you have a a dead old man or a dead man and a ghost dog. Yeah. <laughs> it all it all flows. Yeah. Um. So. I know, I know that Jack Skellington. There's a a head that looks like Jack Skellington in Beetlejuice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, um, I'm really curious what the one in Planet of the Apes is. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
I don't know. It's Mark Wahlberg. I don't know. Uh, this so this I pull up this little factoid. I agree with one of them. I think the other is a bit of a stretch. Okay. So some of the presents that Jack delivers to the kids are nods to Tim Burton films. They said that the snake looks like the sandworm from Beetlejuice, which like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, totally checks yeah. out. And then they said that the cat and duck are both in Batman Returns. They said the cat's the mascot for Shrek's department store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they yep. said that the duck looks like the vehicle driven by the penguin, which might be a stretch. Mm. And they're both they're both like yellow ducks with a donk. And like I think that's it. I mean, they made toys I mean, of that duck, so Yeah. I don't know. I that one I think they're stretching a bit, but I did like the the cat from Shrek's department store. I didn't know that. Bruce Wayne. The fact that the why? Cat matches, I just yeah. Are you just like Batman? Yeah. The, the fact that the cat matches, I would say the duck matches simply because there is a duck in Batman too. So yeah, I, I, I would just go with it. You just say it works. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing that I thought was real fun is that in 2001 they officially started launching the project for a sequel to this. And basically, Tim Burton was like, no, we're not doing this. And and for two reasons. One, they wanted to make it computer generated instead of stop motion, because it's obviously it's cheaper and it's faster than stop motion. But then the other kind is that Tim Burton was like, what are we going to do? Make Jack visit Thanksgiving World? Let's not do this movie. And I just love that idea. And I had this thought yesterday as a question to ask you guys, what world would you have Jack visit if you guys were making that sequel? <laughs> Ryan. Ryan, go ahead. Okay, so they never show the kids put the Easter Bunny back <laughs> in Easter World. Yeah. So the Easter Bunny is still held captive in 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 the treehouse because yeah. Oogie Boogie didn't come to mind for them because that was for because that was gonna be for Santa. So they still have the Easter Bunny in Halloween Land. So all of the like baby chicks and other springtime animals build up an army to invade Halloween town. And Jack has to get in the middle of it. And like, right as the slaughter starts, he gets it to end because he gets the Easter bunny released and the Easter bunny proclaims be like, no, these are friends. Like, you know, it's like, it was these kids. They're demented, but it was a mistake. (laughs) You can bring back Pee Wee Herman to do his role again. <laughs> you do it. You do it in a second. Did you not know Pee Wee Herman was in this salad? I know he's in it. He's not going to yeah. come back for it, though. No? It's a fantasy. No. It's a fantasy idea that's not I'm going just to happen. Sure. So, yes, he does come back for my role. Okay. He does okay. come back for he my does. script. Yeah. Okay. Who knows what happens in, for... in Alan's yeah. version of Paul Rubin's life now? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I feel like the 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 low hanging fruit is probably Jack Skellington going into St. Patrick's Day world. That's what I was gonna pick. And everyone's just drunk. Yeah. He's like, "What's this? What, what's this?" Like he he just starts like he has his first like it's a Disney movie, so it's never gonna happen. Um, but the, Jack the, Skellington the, runs into the, Chicago party ant. The other yeah. the other the other two holidays that i can see is groundhog's day like he just goes in and it's just the plot of groundhog's day but it's jack oh, skellington that's instead, instead of bill murray and then independence day where he's it's jack skellington and jeff instead of jeff goldberg jeff goldberg <laughs> um 
I, wasn't there an actual sequel to this that was just a video game? There was. There okay. was a video game sequel to this, and it was like Oogie's Revenge or something like that. Yeah. I never, I never played it, but like the fact that the canon sequel is a video game always makes me giggle. That's usually how it works. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys notice? I want to know if this is my weird read on the movie, but I definitely came across this this time where a the plot of it just sounds like Jack's going through midlife crisis mm-hmm. where he's just like this thing I'm good at. Nah. And the plot seems to mostly focus around cultural appropriation and how it's bad. Am I reading too much into that? Or did you all catch all that? I think the cultural appreciation thing is more of a modern take. Okay. Um, I feel like this more has to do with just misunderstanding the meaning of Christmas from a completely different point of view like this is one of the reasons why i like this movie so much because i truly believe that a lot of the issues that we have as humans um is the fact that we can be saying the same words to each other but mean completely different things because we attach different meanings to the same words and phrases and i feel like that's a big part of this movie of the miscommunication of like what christmas actually is compared to what halloween town produced um (laughs) Um, and I also feel like it's just boredom for Jack Skellington. I don't think it's a midlife crisis or, or a mid-death crisis uh, for him. Um, but I feel, but I I truly believe it's just him being bored, doing the mm-hmm. same thing, the same routine, year after year after year, and it's just something different. And that's what he wants. So if you want to put midlife crisis on it, that's fine because that's pretty much me saying the same thing you you yeah. just did, and it's a perfect example of what I'm talking about about saying the same thing just to you know just saying the same thing a different way, pretty much. Yeah. You know? that's fair. So, um, is that your take too? Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, sorry, uh, my my phone is going off. Oh um, uh, no worries. So I'm looking at the box office uh, re-release, re-release box office for this, and uh, there's a lot of re-releases for this. Oh. Um, it was re-released in November, uh, in '94, uh, from November 30th to December 8th, and made eight million, another eight million dollars. Oh. It's on its original. Let's, let's go back a second. On its original release, it made 50 million dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's not counting the re-release like a month later um we released in 2000 made three hundred and seventy six thousand dollars uh 3d re-release in 2006 11 million dollars re-release in 2008 in 3d 15 million dollars re-release in 2009 in 3d two million dollars uh Re-released again in two. Wait, what? Oh, it made two thousand dollars in like a weekend. Wow. Yeah, and then it made another six six hundred thousand. Re-released in twenty sixteen in the UK two hundred thousand. Twenty twenty re-release two two million two point three million. Re-released in twenty twenty two. This is my favorite. In uh. Asian Pacific Australian market. Mm-hmm. I want you to guess how much money it made. In the Australian based on, based, the first time you've mentioned the Australian market. 
Well, the, the, it was open in a lot of markets in those other ones. This is the only one that specifies the one market. So how much money do you think it made on December 15th, 2022? Just one day? Just that was the date of the release. So I don't know okay, how. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. How much money do you think it made last I'm gonna year? I'm going to say $200,000. $22 million. $136. It was one theater. One theater. One theater. Family. Yeah. One theater. Uh, and then for this year for the 30th anniversary release, it made, it made 10.3 million. I just wish I had anything that I could just keep giving a person or giving like the market again and again that reliably prints money like that. That's incredible. Except for last year. Yeah, in in that one market. <laughs> I, I really think they were holding it off for last year because they knew they had the 30th anniversary coming. So like, we're gonna, sure. we're gonna not release it ne- except for that one theater <laughs> that's going to report to Box Office Mojo for some reason. It's a perfect post-Halloween movie. Yeah. And it's got a ridiculous following. I mean, other than like Star Trek and Star Wars, how many other movies do you see like merchandise being sold year round for the past 20 years for it? Hot Topic, Pack Sun, Harry Potter. It's a short list. It is a short list because I'm struggling. I mean, you see Back like, to the Future. Everything merch else every is once movie in a while. series. Yeah. Not, oh. uh, not not just a singular movie. That's okay. That's an even shorter list then. Well, I think it. I think it also helps that it's. I mean, that's a good point. Like Mean Girls is is one like that. You see a lot of merch for that. Okay. Clueless. Um, okay, so, okay, so, but but I for every like twenty Jack Skellington shirts, there's like I'm one trying to shirt. grasp at straws to see if you know to try to think of the last time I saw something from one of those movies. Um. Well, I think the. I think this is one of the take it as you will is an advantage or disadvantage. I think it's the Disney machine. Like they're going, like they have the, the means to produce things and mass produce them and get them into the stores like hot topic and, um, the hot topic. (laughs) (laughs) And the Disney store in the Disney store. And, but there's, there's an, there's an audience for it. And I think Disney is, definitely the the main merchandiser for their like for their stuff for a reason like they push it year round yeah uh especially with the marvel stuff and like and the disney princess stuff like all those movies like there there that's the stuff that you see and i think it's because disney is so insistent on it being there but they also it's never the same shirts like if i go to five below and i look at the the rack of t-shirts Mm-hmm. Half of them will be Disney, but half of them will be different from the last time I was in there. So they're always yeah. rotating it out. So it's, yes, it's always there, but it's always different things. Like, I'm sure you can't find this exact jumper anymore. 
but you can certainly find a Jack Skellington jumper somewhere. Yeah. Sweater. Jumper. No, no. Jeez. Sweater. <laughs> so, I mean, but to Remember your, point, your heritage, Devin. <laughs> In the words point, of Mufasa, like, remember who you are. <laughs> it's a sweater. Uh, but to your point, Alan, like in a world where I just heard that Toy Story 5 is being cast, I saw that Mean Girls had a commercial sequel, a sequel that's a commercial. like And a musical I version just, coming out in, in January. Yeah, I'm super proud they haven't done that to this. There isn't like a, a, a Nightmare Before Christmas, the Disney Plus series. There isn't like Nightmare Before Christmas 2 or prequel or anything. Or like, I don't even think it made its way onto Broadway at any point. Like... I love that. Like the, they just the, the one show that they do every year is the Hollywood Bowl, where they have Danny Elfman come out with an orchestra. <sighs> have did you yeah, get to for, see that when you were in LA? I didn't, but I saw the I saw the Little Mermaid one, and I saw the not in Contra. I saw the Coco one. So yeah. like I know the level of quality that these are, and I lied. I did see this one. I did. I did see this one. And it's incredible because they got the guy that originally played Sebastian to play Oogie Boogie. Yes, I've seen it. It's incredible. It's so okay. good. How did you forget that? I don't know, man. I just see so much. You see so many. <laughs> just so Things much passes before these eyes. I can't it's get like over me when I watch like four Doctor Who episodes at the same time. Listen, I gotta go back and write down the episodes. I saw the guy <laughs> that plays oh the the sassy guy in Independence Day, Jeff Goldblum's friend, whose voice you do Harvey so Fierstein? well. He was Ursula in the in the Little, Little Mermaid. Mermaid one. Yeah. And that was like that was top for me. Like you can't beat that. Like he's so good. David. David Rogers said my mother to Atlanta. <laughs> David, I want your voice. It was so good. Poor unfortunate soul. Like <laughs> <laughs> at a certain point my Harvey Pearson just turns into Patty and Selma from The Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> it makes perfect sense though. Um I mean, the only other like real point of discussion I have for this is is Jack is Jack the bad guy in this? Like Oogie Boogie's certainly the villain, but he's not in a villain for very long. He kind of shows up maybe halfway through, but is Jack the bad guy? I wouldn't say he is. I think he he sets out with good intentions, but things just go wrong. And I don't mm-hmm. and I think when he realizes that, he's He's apologetic for what he's done. Like he realizes it immediately and tries, does what he can to fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so I want to say he's the villain. Okay, Brian, do you think so? I I just think it goes back to a misunderstanding. Like he 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 had nothing but good intentions going into this, and it was completely different than like a villain thinking that they're still doing good, even though they're doing something evil. Like he never meant to do anything evil. It was just, he involved the town in it Mm -hmm. and they didn't really understand what he meant. And he wasn't following up on what was going into those gifts because he was working on other stuff. This is just, one culture not understanding another one and trying to repeat it. This movie is a good example of proper communication and line management. I'm ready for work tomorrow, guys. <laughs> um, so there's a few things I wanted to touch on that I didn't get a t- chance to yet. Yeah. Um, I ruined this movie for my wife a little bit. Why? Uh, because Sally is played by uh, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, it is. 
And as soon as she came on, I was like, the baby, David. <laughs> and she's like, wait, no. And I was like, Kevin. Uh, so she didn't know that it was Catherine O'Hara. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is like, I real the moment I realized this had such a following in like pop culture was in college. Like my freshman year, one of my friends had his had his mom come in and help him do a fantastic Jack Halloween costume, like makeup and suit and everything. It was impressive. Wow. And I was like, I've never seen that movie, but good for you. But I was like, okay, maybe, maybe there's something more to this than I thought. Like that was like the first instance of people like this movie a lot. Um, oh, I'm actually jealous. I didn't see that Halloween costume. It sounds very cool. Yeah. Speaking of voice actors, I didn't know this until just now, but Craig Poops uh, plays the clown demon in this. And I just absolutely love it when Who's Line cast members show up in things. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I love Craig Poops. I think he's hilarious. I don't really have anything else to add to it. Yeah, man, it's, it's just a good movie. I'm glad Alan finally saw all of it, yeah. is, is all I have to say. I mean, you know, there's. I was looking up, I was doing my pre-show research during the show. A lot of stuff I found is exactly what you would think it would be. Like Tim Burton said the original inspiration for this was when he saw a Halloween display being taken down and a Christmas display being put up and he thought the juxtaposition was cool. Mm-hmm. That totally checks out. Of course that does. Ha- having been the guy who was responsible for that at one point in my life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Danny Elfman got really attached to Jack Skellington when he was making it and said that the songs were 10 of the easiest songs he's ever made in his career, which <clears throat> look at him. He's an adorable skeleton man. Of course you're attached to him. And Danny Elfman is jacked. Have you seen him? No, he he's more ripped than JK Simmons, which is saying something. What? Yeah. Um, I have to look that up now. Oh, yeah, he is. Wow. It, it It's <laughs> insane. Um, for him. Yeah. I, I got nothing else. So I think that's all I got, man. I'm glad right. you watched this movie. And I'm glad I got to watch this movie selfishly. Uh, yeah. Um, I was going to, I was looking at 9093 movies to see if there's any that you, anything else from the 30th years that we want to see re-release in theaters. And I was looking at the list. It's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about these on the show. Cause not, there's not many, uh, many fun ones that we could make jokes about and have fun with. Um, I can guess a few, you, yeah. sorry, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire. Like that, that's a big one. So it's a good one. Um, but also Hocus Pocus, like had its 30th anniversary. And I, I still think that's my favorite of the two, Disney Halloween themed movies that came out in 1993 and got a 30th anniversary re-release this year. Oh, you like that better um, than this one? I think so. I, I mean, I grew up with okay. it, so I have, I have the nostalgia for it and it, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, but they did not release the poster for Hocus Pocus like they did for <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. So, um, yeah, that's part of the reason I put, put the box back there. It's like, I, we're going to do Nightmare Before, Before Christmas and I'm going to put that poster up. So such a cool poster. Um, maybe I have a poster for my pick next week. Maybe I don't. Uh, but to tune in to find out when we talk about uh, a more recent uh, Christmas movie than Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, 2022's 
Violent Night, starring David Harbour. Okay. Yes. Oh, have, so have you guys seen this yet? No, I've wanted no, to I so bad. Though. Okay. But yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a fun time. Um, so tune in next week for that. You can watch us live here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Um, leave a comment if you're watching because we really yeah. appreciate it. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitch. And listen to You Have to Watch This Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, until next time, um, for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. Um, <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> and a happy new year. <laughs>